welcome to Out of Tim, a time travel podcast with your hosts, Tim Fulton and William Mount. Ladies and gentlemen, well, it is now sports yeah, it because <laughs> we're now, uh, welcome to Back to the Future Part 2. Part 2. 2 <laughs> of Out of Tim. Out of Tim. <laughs> Sorry. Excuse me. You ruined the joke. So here we are uh, in alternate 1985. Yes. Caused by, spoiler alert, 2015 Biff going back to 1955. Doc and Marty very quickly realize what's going on. Make, in hindsight of the past choices they've made, I believe the correct decision, but the unclear timeline continuum question of leaving Jennifer there. Yeah, she's gone, dude. Like, she's... (laughs) (laughs) There's there's no ifs, ands, buts around it. It's not warping around her. She in that timeline. Like, you've done... So there's actually... So the Wikipedia page for Back to the Future Part 2 actually notes that... It was a bad decision for them to put Jennifer in the DeLorean at the end of the very first mm-hmm. film because they didn't want to write a Back to the Future Part Two that included Jennifer at all. Yeah. They're not interested in that. In my mind, the character of Jennifer only exists because Huey Lewis and the News <laughs> agreed to let them use the song Power of Love, which had not been released on any album. So they had to make it. Oh, we should probably know if you were listening to this one without listening to Back to the Future Part 2, Part 1, go back and listen to that. Yes. We're jumping right in the middle of where we left off on that. So. Yes. We are, now go- we are now about to review the darkest timeline of Back to the Future yes. as it exists in the, the film. Yes. So, so Jennifer's left on Jennifer's left on the porch. Could be her porch still, I guess. We don't know that. We do not know that. But she never wake quote unquote wakes up, right? Um, and so yeah, there's no conflict there. And again, it's time travel. So, and Einstein is also left. Right. Uh, because Doc very quickly is like, we got to get out of here. Yeah. This is, <laughs> There's no time for the other two. There is no time for this time. Let's go. If we fix it, the warp around it. No. Did you ever watch Heroes? No. We'll have to talk about Heroes, too, because there's time traveling it. Uh, in the second season of Heroes, arguably, where the show was not great anymore. Uh, first season's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, second season, Peter uses time travel and ends up going into a different timeline with some lady. Okay. And then he gets moved back to his original timeline. That lady does not come back with him as she should not. Like it's one of those things where like now she's stuck in that timeline. And I don't know if that's just how they wrote that lady off the show. Well, that's the thing about timelines, right? Yeah. They exist based on choices. Right. And while you may be able like, I need you to explain this actually to me a little okay. bit because I understand the premise of Doctor Strange. Okay. Doctor Strange under- has the uh, ability to see how things play out. Right. Right. In different yes. scenarios. Theoretically, are there different timelines that simply exist? Right now, like in our, in our, yeah. Theoretically. Yes. Based on some, dis- you know, multi universe theories. Uh, and- Al Gore won Florida. Yeah. Like, there's a whole timeline based yes. on that. Yep. Donald Trump is probably still fucking president. 
<laughs> that's one of those like Doctor Who. This moment is stuck in time. You can't change it, no matter what happens. Like every timeline meets up to that. But we would have gotten gay marriage sooner, probably. Um, yes, I think there are. For every decision you make, there is another path that could have been gone down, and that's. I mean, just think about everything that you do. Something is happening different in every scenario that you've chosen. Right. I mean, it's interesting to point out, it's not really looked at this way, but the first introduction of an alternate timeline happened in the first film. Come on. Oh, man. Come on. (laughs) I'm thinking about two too much. I've blocked one out of my brain to focus on two. Um, What's different when he goes back to 1985? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. His parents are successful. His his dad's like successful writer. Yeah, you're right. Right. The family's happy. The timeline is improved. Uh, It is a different timeline. Right. It's a different timeline. He's got his sweet four by four. Weirdly enough, there should have been two of them at that point, according to the rules of this timeline, because of decisions being made. There should have been two of him. So, you know, okay, so he gets to... In 1985, A, he realizes, you know, he's in the wrong area. He makes it to, uh, he talks to his principal who says the school's been burned down. He doesn't recognize him. doesn't right. recognize him. Um, he makes it to Biff's Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, they there say, are two of them. There he's, are two of them. He says he's in uh, school in Sweden or yeah. in Europe or something like that. Yeah, there are two of them. So because of this different decision that's been made, he's back in a different timeline that's not his timeline. There's two of them. So, so theoretically, theoretically with that theory, there should be two of them at the end of the first film. <laughs> mind blown. Yeah. So, because he's not in his actual timeline. Marty's, right. Marty's timeline is his father's a wuss. His mom happened. Right. Like, so it was, how, is it, I wonder if this bothers Bob Gale. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he doesn't think about this at all this, anymore. But w- yeah, hey, man, I wrote a film. <laughs> uh, it should be pointed out because it's an interesting factoid uh, that when they were doing press for Back to the Future Part Two, and he started talking about the hoverboards, he told the press <laughs> that hoverboards were a real thing and that. They just weren't available to the public because of safety concerns. Mm. Funny enough, in the future, that is why hoverboards <laughs> yeah. weren't available for a while. But that was a battery issue. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. And it also, so either my mind can fry or I can just be like, uh, it's time travel and yeah. it's not easy right. to write these things. It's definitely not. You, can, you cannot think of every certain scenario. Right. Well, and also... Unless, if you have a time travel device that will let you go back and forth. If it's a one-way, sure, there you go. You can do whatever you want with that. That's not as hard. But yes, they have a time machine that can literally travel back and forth in time. Right. And so you're not going to cover every gap. You're not going to think of everything all at once, so... It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. I and did, who knows I, if, like, boarding school Marty was there. Right. We have no way of knowing yeah. that. Um. So they get uh, back. They realize that, oh, my gosh, something has changed. Yeah. They find the head of Biff's cane. Yep. Uh, and the bag of the and, or the receipt. There was, a, there was the, either the bag or the receipt. I of the think they find almanac. the bag and yeah. the receipt. Yeah. Uh, 
and they oh yeah doc found it yeah when he car. was back at the shop yep. um also he had been condemned in that he, one uh <laughs> not condemned what is it um <laughs> he had been committed committed that's not what condemned My, well i'm sure people committed <laughs> condemned to be committed uh well and that's interesting too right there's two docs now yeah Yep. At the time, so let's here. Let's call it the Bob Gale theory of time travel. Right, <laughs> that when things change enough, there are duplicates. There, things become duplicative. Yeah. So, uh, they realize something has changed. They realize Biff must have done it, and so in order to solve that, they don't use Siri and say. <laughs> Hey, car, where have you been? What did you do? Right. They go straight to the horse's mouth. They go to 2015B, excuse me, 1985B, or is it 1985A? What are you talking, like... How are we labeling the timelines? Okay, so regular 1985, and now they they traveled into the future to 2015. Mm -hmm. Uh, Biff took it, and two, they find out he went back to 1955 because the car, right, the past... I'm just asking how we're labeling them. We're labeling um, <clears throat> all the main timeline for what you know. The non Biff fucked up. The non Biff fucked up. That's prime. We're gonna. I'm gonna call that prime. Okay, timeline prime. And then the A for alternate okay. or whatever. So you they're call in 1985 A. Yeah. Uh, and they they're like, what the hell happened? When did it happen? Yeah. It happened with the time machine. So they go straight to the horse's mouth, uh, which is quote-unquote Biff's, which is a casino. Yes. This is where you get the very popular meme that Biff is Donald Trump. Yeah, that's what they base him on. This litter, <laughs> this meat, that's, you're right, that's yeah. true. So they, you know, this casino magnate who uh, is idolized, yeah. who is uh, presented as this legend, Um. So Marty is then, as happened in uh, uh, the first film, he gets knocked out. Yep. But this time by Biff's henchman, uh, Billy Zane. Billy is still, Zane. Yep. Still there. Still in it. Because uh, it's the same movie, although it doesn't <laughs> feel like it. It's like eight movies now. Um, Marty wakes up. He's in a casino suite. His mother is there. His mother uh, is now this... Uh, Buxom, washed up woman. <laughs> trophy wife, I guess. Or? Trophy wife, yeah, of Biff. Biff, yeah. <laughs> she very quickly reveals that George McFly, Marty's father, has is dead. Um, doesn't talk about why or how. Right. Just says he's. Yeah. Says some line. He's been the same place that he's been since 1974. Yeah. So and so cemetery. Yeah. Uh. You then wait, and that's when uh, Doc shows back up. Yeah, Marty so goes Marty, to the cemetery. Marty goes yep. to the cemetery. I don't know how he got out of the casino if the henchman had gotten him. Uh, I'm, yeah, I don't know. They never show that. They just let him because at that point he's really not up to any trouble. He's, he's just, just back. A bad kid. He's in just the front he's just of annoying Biff at this point. Right. Um, and then yeah, Doc shows up and so Doc shows up says, "Oh my gosh, this we now we know what happened." Right. Um, and they, so they're like, okay, now you really got to 
ask him what he did. Right. Now we have doesn't to make any sense. Figure out exactly. It's what. like it's basically a we didn't know how bad this was. Yeah. Go figure it out. Yeah. Oh shit, it's really bad. Yeah. Now you gotta ask yeah. him. So he goes to ask him. Then the very familiar, I've got you now, let me explain everything that happened. He starts monologuing. That, that whole trope of, hey, this, you know, back when I was a kid, this old man came yeah. to me, this old crazy man <laughs> came to me and gave me this sports almanac. And I've been betting since I was 21, and it's how I got all my yeah. money. But then he also warned me that someday some kid and a scientist would come <laughs> and to be ready. And I never knew it was going to be you. And then he tries to shoot him. Yep. And it's and it's just ridiculous. He throws the ashtray, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he somehow escapes by... Ver- oh, then Biff almost kills him up yeah. on the roof. Yeah. He's and admits to... Murdering his dad. Murdering yep. his father back Two in Two McFly's with the same gun. Oh, it's terrible. That's when my well, it's when my stomach drops in that yeah. movie. I'm like, oh, Biff, <laughs> you're you the monster. worst. Uh, so then he gets knocked out with the DeLorean's uh, suicide doors. The best part is when he when Marty jumps and then Biff, oh, and it's like he he yeah, thinks he's he's like he's like you're either gonna jump or I'm gonna kill you. He jumps. Well, he does this thing too, like the way he moves. Like he's like that was easy. But he does the same thing. Well, not him, but his ancestor does the same thing in three, uh, mm. where he shoots him at the end. We'll get to this when we talk about three. But he shoots yeah. him at the end. He acts like it was the easiest thing in the world. Where he like does that, like, uh, like you know, what's up? That was super easy. I'm great. Oh, like that, the, just no, the mannerism. Sh- sorry, when he shoots him when he was wearing the vest. Yeah, which, which by he, the way, he figured out how to do it. Is in actually, reference. Yeah, not five minutes before in the right. film when Biff is in a hot tub with some random chicks. Yeah, which we're he, skipping which he over said some he was stuff. So gr- what a great idea. That's why he's the best. Like, no, he's just like great flick, great flick. Yeah, bulletproof vest. Yeah. Anyway foreshadowing a lot of it in this film (laughs) it should be noted that back to the future part one was filmed bob gale has claimed they never want were excuse me never were going to do a sequel it did take four years to do it uh michael j fox had to wrap up family ties uh anyway but they filmed two and wrote two and three back to back back to back so Marty gets back in that DeLorean. Marty very quickly explains, it's the sports almanac. We got to go back tonight. You're never going to believe where we got to go. <laughs> we got to go back to 1955. So they go back to 1955, and then the movie is boring. <laughs> really? You don't like it? It's it's good the first 12 times. Oh, okay. But then it's just like... Now he has to avoid himself he from has the to first avoid time. himself and himself... And not uh, conflict with his parents. Uh, you know what I mean? He still has to make sure that stays He can't intact. conflict with two timelines, right? right? Because he got to make sure they fuck at the end. Right. It's just a lot of like, Jesus, man. It's this, a lot of layers. It's a lot of layers, and they're not that interesting mm-hmm. because they're very safe about everything. Right. The whole premise is, let me literally read you what, because I was so interested that... Everything we've covered up to this point is four paragraphs. And everything, <laughs> the whole rest of the film is one more paragraph. Oh, wow. And it is. 
Marty secretly follows the 1955 Biff and watch him receive the almanac from his 2015 self. Marty then follows him to the high school dance, being careful to avoid interrupting the events from his previous visit. After several fruitless attempts, I feel like this entire <laughs> part of the film should be called After Several Fruitless Attempts. Marty finally gets the almanac, leaving Biff to crash into a manure truck. There is a chase scene in there. There is the hoverboard gets whipped out. There is Biff discovering that the almanac is actually real. Right. Like in a real way. Yeah. Um, there's the ooh la la. There's the ooh la la magazine. There's Strickland again, who apparently has a drinking problem. <laughs> there's, I just think that's Surprise. how people were in the 50s. Uh, yeah. There, I mean, there's that whole scene where he's got to protect himself when he's upstage, when he's on stage playing Johnny Be Good. That happens later. Does it? That does happen later. I thought that was that was right Let after the Let me read you the oh, rest okay. of the right. synopsis of the film. I'm jumping around. Uh, leaving Biff to crash into a manure truck. Marty burns the almanac. Sorry, you're wrong. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yes. He gets... He, it's after he stole it. And that, he hey, I think somebody it. took his wallet. He, yes. <laughs> I think that guy took his wallet. He says it fucking four times. Yeah, I know. Four times. I think, I think, I think that guy, guy took, took his, his wallet. wallet. Yeah. Did you take his wallet? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that character... <laughs> That's. I want to follow him in that timeline. Uh, where's that? We will link where's that, that man, in that actor. If he, I'm sure he's still alive, that guy's Instagram yeah. must be just like pictures of wallets. Oh yeah, <laughs> or stealing wallets. Did he take this wallet? Um. So yeah, there's all this stuff about like literally uh, Michael J. Fox Prime Prime. Yeah even like knocks out Michael J. Fox prime a yeah uh at one point where the it's stolen again and the, again there's this whole tunnel chase and it's just not like right cool or interesting it's just somehow you got to see the kiss again between yeah. Lorraine yeah. and George guess what also Crispin Glover yeah yep there um also Crispin Glover at the top of the stairs through the window. Yep. I think. Most notably, which I did never noticed until today, is at one point when Marty is warning Doc, Marty basically saying, Hey, I got the almanac, but there's these guys that are gonna jump me me. Yeah. Uh right after I get off stage, which I'm not even gonna get into that. Crawling on the catwalk is <laughs> stupid. Um in the background of that scene, you can see Lorraine and George dancing. Okay. And neither of them are dancing the way they danced in the oh, original okay. film. It's literally just, guys, can you just stand in the background right. here and dance? And like they just don't care. Yeah, yeah. They just want to see you. They're not going to so, remember. We haven't gotten into this yet, yeah. really. Uh Crispin Glover was not invited back to play George. Well, he was. Excuse me. Yes, let me rephrase. He literally, Crispin Glover, who played George McFly in the original film, asked for, I shit you not, a million dollars to do the second and third film. They all, Bob Gale, Steven Spielberg, Robert Zemeckis, all said, fuck you. No, you're not like the main character. He perceived himself as the main character. By the way, I bet the only person that was sad that Eric Stoltz was fired from 
the filming was Crispin Glover. Oh, really? Because that would have been an amazing. I mean, that oh, would have yeah. been just this existential. Yeah. Because Crispin Glover took it super seriously. Yeah. As he as, it's almost like him being surrounded by everything else. Yeah. Makes it funny. If you put him in a serious film acting the way he did he looks serious yeah i guarantee it yeah yeah he looks kind of goofy but yeah, yeah he's goofy and nerdy that yeah. character is but he was passionate and serious right so they re- you know refused to hire him they ended up hiring this actor named jeffrey weissman jeffrey weissman still if you go to his imdb or his wikipedia or whatever is he's been in tons of stuff i'm sure eight different law and orders <laughs> uh but he is best known for playing George McFly, even though you can't recognize him. Do you know why you can't recognize him? Prosthetics. He, he's wearing prosthetics. But what I learned was he's literally wearing prosthetics that were created on Crispin Glover. He's wearing literally a mask, like face-off style, <laughs> that the original purpose for this mask was just to help makeup artists to like, hey, you got to be really quick with you know, Crispin's makeup today to the extent that on set, they didn't tell everybody that that wasn't Crispin Glover. Wow. And some of the higher ups, producers and uh, Robert Zemeckis, the director would refer to him as Crispin (laughs) in front of other people. What if he got paid extra for that? Like, Hey, we're going to kind of demean you as a person by pretending you're somebody else. Apparently that Crispin, what, I don't know if it was while the lawsuit was still going on or right after it was dismissed. Uh, he expressed remorse for playing these oh, role, playing this role, <laughs> and saying like, "Hey, man, I'm sorry they hired me to inter- <laughs> impersonate you. Sorry, Crispin." It just it doesn't make sense with him being cool to replace Jennifer, and but yet, you know what I mean. Now we have, but we have well, to but keep the, Crispin looking exactly like Crispin. It's or George looking exactly I, like Crispin. So it's the. We don't have the benefit of being there at that time because what's interesting is they. So Crispin Glover made this demand for a million dollars, right, and said, "I I'll only do the next two films if you give me a million dollars," which was a lot. Yeah, too much, especially in the eighties. For Michael J. Fox was probably getting paid maybe that. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but um, he was asking for a lot. But you know what? Turns out they needed him. Yeah, they wanted. That character, they didn't want it to be interpreted as anything else. Like, that was probably a trope of the film. Like, Halloween 1989, people were probably still dressing up as nerd slash George McFly. Because it was funny and cool. And, you know, people were dressing up as Biff, I imagine. I wonder if he would have had more to do in the movie like futuristic wise like because they they don't really focus on lorraine then but and what if he would have been murdered off in the alternate timeline you know what i mean well so it's been said that that's why they murdered him i got you that he would have been included yeah yeah. but they still had to you know there's the future yeah you don't want to explain why it's just grandma (laughs) lorraine showing up like well i mean hey They could have done that and saved themselves a bunch of trouble. Well, that's weird too, right? Because right. they kill people off. Like, they're like, they well, don't care about people. B- like, <laughs> in this timeline, that yeah. guy's dead. Right. That guy's committed. Right. So, right. why not just say, hey, he that's had a very heart. That's true. Like, they could have, it just could have been a one line ever since 
you know, your father died, Marty, you haven't been the same. And that could have been the reason why he didn't care about like, you know, committing fraud with the company or something like that. Like they could have tied it all in. I don't know. Let me rewrite these movies. Well, yeah. And also it just doesn't with the, the McFlies were pretty well off in the timeline. We left them. Yeah. Successful writer, successful writer. They play tennis. Uh, the brother work is you know the office like works he, in an office. Yeah. The the sister we don't know just what a she did, but schlub. <laughs> she, but she was a schlub. She had a pantsuit. Yeah, yeah. Now she, she yeah. Now she has a pantsuit. <laughs> hence success. Uh, and Marty's still sleeping in his clothes. Right. Well, they not some, that Marty. We don't know what that other Marty. Should don't be. they reference after he's wearing? Oh when, yeah, why did you? The brother is like in a suit when he's like, "I'm always wear a suit to the office, yeah. Marty." What are you talking about? Right. Doesn't he say in that timeline, "Oh, you slept in your clothes again, yeah. huh, loser?" Yeah. He never changes. <laughs> I wonder if there's a dead Marty somewhere <laughs> in that time. I, I the time this is bothering me, the Sweden and <laughs> all of it. So, yeah, they get. I'm literally going to go back to reading Wikipedia because we're so close. (laughs) After several fruitless attempts, Marty finally gets the almanac, leaving Biff to crash into a manure truck. Only important because he did it in the first film as well. Marty burns the almanac, reversing Biff's changes to the timeline as Doc hovers above the time machine. Before Marty can join him in the time machine, the DeLorean is struck by lightning and disappears. A Western Union courier immediately arrives and dera- delivers a letter to Marty. It is from Doc, who explains that he was transported back to nineteen. Excuse me, back to eighteen eighty-five. Marty races back into town to find the nineteen fifty-five Doc, who had just helped the original Marty return to nineteen eighty-five. Shocked by Marty's sudden reappearance, Doc faints in the flames. Close film. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. To be continued. Yeah, to be continued. And then they show the trailer for Back to the Future 3. That's right. And that's on the DVD as well. Yep. Yeah. Because it's like, and they have the da 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 does that feel weird to you that that's a cop out? Because it's like in the first, at the first film, at least they, well, I suppose they set it up to an extent. They, yeah, they hint at it with him with the letter in 1885. But I think because they, you know, because they did the back to back filming, they wanted to show something for it and get people super excited still. Well, and the film was only coming out like nine months or. Yeah, it was yeah, the last, summer after. Yeah, it was yeah. the summer. And again, this was released in November. Yeah. Like this so was, was a like, Christmas movie, yeah. essentially. So it was like May or something like that afterwards. That yeah. They released it. Yeah. So. I, my mind would have been blown had I watched that in the theater and then they showed the trailer for three, like right at, you know what I mean? Like you're like. What? Like this is amazing. The, I what amazing times we <laughs> yeah. live in. Yeah. That I can do this and now in our times we're like where's the next one? Yeah. Why isn't it <laughs> Why isn't here? here? Why haven't totally I seen have drone lost, shots of rumors? <laughs> I have lost all interest in Back to the Future and Star Wars and everything. <laughs> um so just going through my notes here. Poor Jeffrey Weissman. Yep. Now known for that. Um, huge tribute or huge shout out to Bob Gale and the other writers for 
predicting the future that they did. Yeah. Um, things like the weather service don't exist, but at least we have voice commands. <laughs> um, as much as you try to influence the future. I always have sort of, and I know I held it up in the last episode that we did, the sort of predicting how the future, how the current day would look in the future. Right. They had some hindsight, so yeah. I'm not going to, I don't, just to put a pin on it, I don't want to give them that much credit. They had a little <laughs> bit. I feel like if I went back, if I like looked at pictures on my phone from 2010, I would say, this is what dictated that time. Uh, yeah. Shit, Spotify does it for me every day. Right. I, with the first film, the second film, the third film, the second film really does a good job of replicating things that happened in the first film, like the hoverboard, yeah. like um, the crashing in a manure, yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, you will see that again in, in number in back to the future part three things that have carried forward from this film till now, the hoverboard people still talk about the self-lacing shoes. Yeah. Um, Nike actually made some and then auctioned them off. Yes. Like you could, you know, enter an auction to bid. or actually, I guess it was like, here's a $10 donation for how many tickets you want. And then to the Fox foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there's a lot, this is where time travel gets complicated when you're crossing over different timelines right. and solving different things. By the way, we forgot to note that like, yeah, they then went back to 1985. Yeah, they went back to 1985. Jennifer was fine. Well, no, that's in the third one. Oh, sorry. Because he's still... Sorry, like, he's still got to go back yeah. to the Old West. Yeah. He never gets Jennifer until the end of until the three. end of three. The end of three is where it kind of picks back up from the end of one, I guess. Yeah. So. You know, Biff is Donald Trump. Leaving Jennifer and Einstein was a weird choice. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, and, you know, going back to the first episode, Back to the Future episode, it's important to point out that, you know, Biff is a fucking rapist. Yeah. Um, you know, more examples of him just blatantly harassing, grabbing up her skirt. Yeah. It's just like, what? Yeah. What? Like, I understand. It's. I guess what's good is it was making examples that this is a bad This guy. is a bad dude and you should not root for him. Right. But it's like, those carry a little bit more. I would like to, th- as a, f- hey, guess what? Never thought I'd be a father of a daughter. But it's important to point out how much weight those things have. You got a daughter? <laughs> I did get a daughter. <laughs> I did. Please tell me when they, if you found out that it was a girl, you said that line at least. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. I smile. I smiled, but yeah, <laughs> there's no, there's no, but there, All my right. daughter's amazing. Um, but yeah. And soon we'll get into Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah, it should also note that I think Crispin Glover's lawsuit, like, ignited what is, like, IP and, you know... It ignited a lot of that. Yeah. To be clear, the case never... uh, It was settled out of court. It didn't start in court, but it was... was, There was never a verdict. Um, It is inferred, and Crispin Glover has taken credit for the idea that not only can you not put a prosthetic on somebody to represent, but you also, he is taking credit for the idea that you can't represent somebody in a video game. Yeah. Likeness rights. Yeah. Likeness rights is what it's called. But you know, there's many other sort of precedent setting, uh, case study case law that, um, actually did that. Yeah. But the idea I'll give him, I'm going to give him some credit. He was there around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how often would they have had to have dealt with that beforehand? 
Yeah. So true. So uh, please reach out to us. Info at outatim.com. Also outatim pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, tell us what you want us to talk about next. Share with your friends, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Yeah. All right, Huey, play us out. <laughs> Out of Tim is a Loud Cat podcast production. Find us online at outatim.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate, review, and share the podcast. Thanks for listening. Loud Cat. Hey, just popping in to let you know there's a new NBA and Golden State Warriors podcast coming at you called the, the NBA, NBA is ruined. ruined. Oh boy. <laughs> I am your co-host Matt Rapp and she is your co-host Naomi Via. We don't always talk in synchronicity. I don't know why it's happening, but every single week we're going to talk about how the Warriors have ruined the NBA. Which they haven't. Which they haven't. That's a lie. And the name of our podcast is a a joke and a lie. And every single week we're going to talk about... Don't trust us. We're liars. Don't don't get too close. We'll burn you. Um, We're going to talk about the Warriors every single week. And then we're also going to talk about the amazing rotating cast of characters around the NBA that do lots of fun and wacky stuff. On Twitter, social media, all over the place. And also just sports in general. Like I mean, not sports in general, but the basketball in general. The NBA in general. So it, it'll include social media and their lives, but it'll also include the games. But we're not just going to talk, like, li- yell, yell stats at you. We, I will not yell one stat. <laughs> Listen to us every single Wednesday. It's a ball, darling. Bye.